right. As the lead in to Coca Dona 250 2023, we are joined by two guests with some past experience on the course. We have Pete Mortimer, most known for Pete's Meats. He also uh, finished second in 2021. He has run a slew of races, including winning Hurt 100, Man Against Horse, Sky Peaks 50K, and we don't have enough time to list the rest, but he has also racked up. Uh, multiple 200 mile finishers as well and then we have kevin goldberg who last year finished fifth overall he's done the triple crown of 200s both these guys are western states finishers so let's just dive into cocodona so let's start kevin why are you running this again what's so special about this thing yeah that's a great question um been really asking that especially after doing the first uh, 37 miles this past weekend uh why did i sign up again uh i think aravipa has just made the most fun 200 in the country uh it felt you know 200s in general feel like such a party out there and i think it's even more so with cocodona um i don't know if it's the aid stations the live stream the support that comes out along the course but it was just so much fun and the further i got away from the race the more fun i thought it was um so yeah i'm back to hopefully have a better race than last year and uh improve year after year yeah and pete you uh had in probably one of the most incredible comebacks in uh 2021 why uh why do you show up and cook meat for people what what do you love about the the cocodona experience i think it's just uh years of tr running these trails out here you know and then finally being able to connect the dots and put everything together and you know it, it is really an amazing experience arizona is a an amazing state when i first moved to the, to the united states you know back in 87 it was one of the first places i ever visited and uh to be able to run these places now is and see it in a whole different light it's pretty special and um i just kind of like to share that with everybody um you know I, I go out to the training runs i'm not doing it this year but like i was there uh, like Kevin last uh, weekend, uh, suffering with everybody. And um, it's kind of, it's really cool to see everyone's experience. And um, I'll be out there race day doing my thing as usual, cooking meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's really a treat because you guys are both coaches as well. And uh, headed into this 250 mile event, it's kind of crazy that the, probably the hardest part, at least terrain train wise starts right at the beginning so um pete do you want to dive into explaining what happened or what that's about what happened out there and uh how how runners should even treat that well um i've done that first part of the course uh three years in a row now uh the first being the, the race year which um i would definitely argue is the hardest <laughs> It was hot, um, no hotter, and uh, I, I don't. No one knew what to expect. Um, the last two years have been nicer for me, just because uh, the weather. We've done them earlier in the year, just the training runs, um, and then of course last weekend. Uh, it was. I've never seen that much water back in that canyon before. Um, last weekend, I mean, you could have gone the entire route on a filter. It was pretty amazing. Um, don't know if it's going to be like that for race day. Uh, we have a lot of snow. We just snowed again yesterday, a lot of melt-off. So um, it's an extremely challenging section from mile 11 to, you know, was it 34? Um, 
all the climbing is pretty much in that section and um it's not fast it's just <laughs> it's full of rocks um it's way worse than it's ever been as far as rubble goes and uh kevin you could probably attest to that from last weekend <laughs> so it's um it's it's one of those sections that really just requires uh, an immense amount of patience because uh getting to crown king uh and feeling good is going to define the rest of your race yeah what did you uh think of it getting eyes and feet on it the first time just last week and kevin yeah, you know, it was, I have friends who ran the first year and did the training uh, run last year before the course was rerouted. So I've had it, you know, built up to me as this big, scary first 37. And I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't meet expectations that, you know, I had built it up to be harder than it was. And it, it that was not the case. It's pretty burly. Um, I was definitely intimidated by it, but I think it's a good thing. I respect it a little more now and have some some more realistic expectations of that day one. Um, and to, to Peter's point, I, I heard a few people who have done it before say it was rockier and more overgrown than ever before. Um, so that made it all the more fun. Is that changing anything you're doing this last four weeks or so leading into the race? Or are you just gonna, <laughs> gonna take it in stride? Yeah, no, I'm ready to rock. I, uh, I think it, if anything, it just changes my, my timing, um, on day one, like, like I'll, I'll just be more patient and, and, you know, enjoy myself out there and not worry about when I'm getting to crown King. Yeah. And I think a cool thing about talking to both of you is, well, Kevin, you've run it and you've been out there pacing and crewing as well that first year, right? Yeah. Then, I paced 80 miles year one. Yeah. And so what, I guess, what is that? difference and what is kind of that thing advice for uh, crew and pacers or what is that thing runners kind of look for in the 200 mile distance for for that crew and pace side of it because it is huge and once you get to crown king you're pretty beat up yet you have over 200 miles to go yeah i mean for me it it was just having kind of a, a slew of different things that my runner might you know want or need at 37 and then again at 71 because there's such long stretches without crew um it, that's really the hard part for the runner and the crew is just those really long periods between seeing them um so i had like everything from like milkshakes to cheeseburgers to chocolate milks and like anything you know, like anything they could possibly want i had in a cooler ready to go at crown king um you know they end up taking like oreos um <laughs> but uh you know after that once you get down to prescott it's it's kind of a joy to crew you know you're always accessible and can get, get the runner anything they need and, and have a lot of cell service um it's a really fun race to crew i think it's, it's hard on day one and then it just gets progressively easier and more fun yeah do you take the reins as the as a pacer per se to like navigating that type of thing or are you kind of helping lead the charge on that like especially yeah. in the race yeah i mean if i'm pacing i'm trying to do everything i can that, that that's legal you know but other than muling <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm taking on uh all the responsibilities for all they have to do is move yeah and then what about you pete with your wealth of experience what uh what are kind of the tips and tricks for a runner to pass along to their crew and pacers yeah, I think, um, you know, I have always kind of rolled deep with these 200s with my crew. Um, I always like to have make sure they're having a great time, a good party. Um, it's it's tiring for us because we're running it, but it's 
just as tiring for these uh, for the crew members. So I, I think having a good team where you can kind of take shifts and driving and uh, take taking naps, that sort of thing. Um, there's obviously a lot of waiting around and that waiting around can get longer and longer as as the race goes on. So um, and knowing, you know, as a pacer, uh, you know, they should be communicating with, you know, your crew as you're coming in um, ahead of time, if possible, um, and really kind of focus in getting, um, like Kevin said, you know, mapping it out ahead of time, having the GPS rolling. And um, I know for me, <clears throat> when I had my pacer, I was really just kind of like, where's Dax at? Where? <laughs> you can pull up, you can pull it up. You can see where everybody's at. So it's, it really depends if you're out there to finish, you know, you want somebody there is going to guide you in the right direction. And if you're competitive, it's good to know like how far back or how far ahead somebody is of you, you know, um, it gives you that little bit of, little bit of uh, drive to push forward. Yeah. And that connectivity is really unique, especially in the live broadcast world. And, Kevin, do you think it uh, helps to be able to join that live broadcast and watch it? Because I uh, heard some stories that you were running and watching it on your phone at the same time. <laughs> oh man, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think I'm, I think I'm really lucky I didn't like fall and seriously hurt myself because I was on it for like hours. Um, but it's it's hard to fall asleep when you're getting like real time, you know, support and validation. So that's fun. Um, and that's why I was doing it. It was like something to keep my mind occupied and like, you know, bring me out of the, uh, the hell that I was in. Um, so yeah, it is a double-edged sword because it, it causes you to slow down and potentially, you know, trip and hurt yourself. But on the flip side, like, like Peter said, it's fun to stay connected. It's part of that, like, we're all out there doing it together atmosphere mm -hmm. and, uh, and it just makes it like a party. Yeah, were you following along what's happening ahead of you and behind you as well with the standings and everything? Oh, totally. I had people, my pacer was checking on you from, from Walnut all the way to Eldon. We knew exactly where you were. <laughs> well, speaking of Eldon, what what kind of snow situation are we to expect up there, Pete? Because you're um, the mayor of Eldon, I believe. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I've heard that twice this week. Um, yeah, it snowed yesterday, so um, yeah, there's still snow up there. Um, I imagine it's going to be patches by the time um, the, the race day comes, um, probably in the trees and whatnot. But uh, hopefully, we're we're going to get some like warmer weather here pretty soon because <laughs> I yeah. I'm not tired of it. I'm I'm tired of the snow and the fact that like I can't get any running done, but uh, I do love to ski. So there's <laughs> yeah. but for that aspect, it's great. But everything else in town, it's like it's melted. Uh, the second you step into the trees, it's just kind of like post holing. So yeah, yeah. Sedona's uh, a wet wonderland right now. <laughs> so it's going to be a different year. Uh, the other thing about 200s that's i think it's fun but it's that you can come back from a low or multiple lows and maybe we start pete with uh i don't know there's some good footage of you uh hurling at crown king and then turn it all around so how do you dig yourself out of uh maybe a low or not feeling your best with a race this long um <clears throat> yeah i mean my low started you know on that climb out you know with probably about three or four miles to go and i was out of water and taking a nap by the tree and maggie woke me up and 
<laughs> she gave me a little push, but yeah, just, oh gosh, it, you know, you, I was puking my brains out up there probably cause I was just drinking water too fast. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I pushed a little hard, not as hard as some of the other guys out of there, but like hard, it was hot. And, uh, my whole my whole focus was just getting a crown king which everybody's focus should be that first day is just kind of be as you know as efficient as possible try not to to blow your load so to speak and uh you know get into town and, and definitely take that time because everything after that point is so runnable it's just yeah. it's a whole different whole different race yeah so when you realize you're dehydrated and trying to get back on top of hydrating it sounds like maybe went a little too fast too quick but do you focus on that for like the coming hours of trying to get back on top of that is that kind of front and center of your mind when you realize something like that has happened yeah you know uh when i, when I got into crown king i mean i i took the time there i watched some runners come in and out and you know i just kind of sat back because we still have plenty of plenty of day running left all exposed and I wasn't about to go out and just just rush through it um you know and I think for a couple other runners that maybe have pushed too hard too fast that's what will happen to them in the end it's just because it's not just that's just day one you know you got day two in the sun day three in the sun <laughs> so, yeah. yeah you know take you know after that hardest section it's like why not just take the the few minutes you know it'll it'll save you hours in the long run yeah. What about you, Kev? When you've uh, hit low points and you've done so many 200s, what's uh, you have any mental strategies or talking to a pacer? Or what kind of brings you out of the lull? Oh man, yeah. I I think like you know to your point, it's fun to have that many like you know highs and lows. You know that there's always another one coming, for better or worse, whether it's a high or a low. Um, I often have the conversation with myself when I want to quit or when I want to stop because it happens frequently is like, if I was, if I was to give into that desire, like what, what would the next steps be? I play out like, you know, what the next few hours look like. And it's always some silly like scenario of like, well, I'd get a ride and then I'd go out to eat and then I'd go sleep in a hotel room. And like, it's, you know, there's, there's such like non excusable reasons to, to stop doing what I'm doing that I just kind of use that to pull myself back into it and be like, Hey, we're here. This is what you trained really hard for. This is what you spent, you know, copious amounts of time getting ready for invested a bunch of money into it. Like to go out to breakfast the next morning would be really, really silly. Um, so I have that conversation probably a dozen times on any of these races. <laughs> and then are those, uh, conversations or like thoughts or mentally preparing going into it too? Cause I think we're getting to the point where you can't get aerobically too much better or too much more fit. But I think now is really when that mental training starts. So do you like visualize it or think about kind of the highs and lows? Or are you guys just so experienced that it's second nature at this point? So we can start with Pete. How do you kind of go into something knowing that it's going to be a, a tough, tough slog, especially from the beginning? And, and then it, it will get better, but it might feel like it won't um well yeah i just I, I i love i love tough races so um anything that's gonna just absolutely destroy me um is is up my alley uh it's something about just that kind of just that grit and just doing things that either 
you know, not a lot of people have done or maybe haven't been done before. Just something that's an allure to it. And, you know, I think that's the, that's kind of always been my mantra is just to do stuff that's out of my league, so to speak. And if I do it, then it's in my league and then I go on to the next hardest thing. So I think yeah. kind of in that mindset is, is, uh, it's just staying positive and just any, anyone can do this stuff. <laughs> just like yeah. have you put training in and, and, uh, and then just apply it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, the, you know, similar to the conversations I'm having with my, myself and my athletes now is, is, you know, don't worry about what's going to happen because it's going to happen. Like you know, you're going to go through, you know, everyone's going to have their thing. No one's getting through unscathed. Um, but rather worry about how you will react when, when it happens, whatever that may be. Um, you know, like, you know, if you can laugh at it and move on and, you know, as long as there's not bone showing, you can probably still keep moving forward. Um, or you could dwell on it and say, you know, you're the only one with this problem. How am I going to move on? It's only going to get worse, which is not true. Um, yeah. So it's really more of like mindset and how we're going to react when, when shit hits the fan. Yeah. Okay. I want to hit on one more practical thing with four weeks left to go. So heat training, did you guys do any before like last year for you, Kevin, a couple of years for you, Pete, are you guys sauna people is that a valid training thing or not something to worry about um yeah well go ahead um i was yeah i i was in the sauna last year and i probably will again it's a, uh, you know in colorado we we get maybe two weeks of warm weather running before a may 1st race <laughs> yeah I, I just uh i just go outside i mean i, I live here <laughs> just, yeah uh, go Grand Canyon, and, and I spent years running down in Phoenix, so I've I've, I've learned how to to deal with heat. Um, humidity for me is normally a little bit more of a challenge, just because it I feel like it just sucks the life out of you a little bit more. Um, but yeah, the dry heat it's it's really exposure more than anything. It's just you know um, make sure you're staying covered. You're using that sunscreen. Um, you know, do all the little things like dip your hat, scarf, and any water crossings just constantly trying to keep your body cool because yeah. after a couple of days it's if, if you're not doing the right things it's gonna it's gonna eat you up yeah all right and then as two um accomplished coaches here what would you uh be telling your your athletes leading into this just uh with this on the horizon and your trainings your training what's kind of some words of wisdom as we kind of wrap up um yeah, I think athletes have a tendency to start panicking right around now. Um, you know, they, they wish they had another two weeks. Um, so at this point, the best thing a coach can do for their athletes or, or the best thing people can do for themselves is just at this point, they have what they have. They've done what they've done. So they need to trust in that and, and uh, you know, not overtrain, not try to find a, you know, secret sauce or magic pill. Um you know, adjust your, your expectations and your goals based on how your training went and be smart, uh, and try to have fun because it's, uh, what less than four weeks away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Having fun is definitely, I mean, always realize why you're doing this, why you pay to have a coach or why you pay to sign up for a race. I mean, it's a lot of expenditure that goes into these things. And, uh, you know, like I've said, it's, this little it's getting towards the end of the, the training block here and 
you know, uh, some of the runners were probably doing, you know, of the last weekend of high mileage or getting close and then starting to taper. And, uh, it's really important right now. Just listen to your body. It's like, if you're getting to that last weekend, not to sit there and go, you know, Oh, my ankle hurts, but I'm still going to go out and, and do all this stuff. Like, you know, the hay is in the barn, so to speak. You have to just, like Kev said, just trust in the process. And, um, you know, it, a lot of these people have never done anything. Maybe they haven't done a hundred miler. And, and even if they have done a hundred miler, they probably haven't done two hundreds. And it's a huge, I remember doing my first 200 mile race. It's, it's daunting. You know, like how you feel after a hundred miles, like I'm going to go around and do it again. And you know, it's not going to be the same speed. <laughs> yeah. So it's really kind of getting in that mental process. It's like you're going to be out there for a long time. But, um, no. you're you're uh you're used to that jeff so <laughs> do you, yeah. do you have that kind of men mental you know uh capacity to just enjoy the day you know you go outside and you're gonna be with great people along the way and, and uh just just remember you, you pay for it might as well enjoy it yeah and uh i think the last thing i hit on is uh I just think we should all, uh, what's something that people should really embrace or look forward to, or really just make sure that there's that gratitude. And I think I can just jump in first as I think it's so cool with the volunteers out there who you really get to interact with some people that are selfless and then they're smiling at you too. So that's really something that I go into these things looking to embrace. So if there's either a section or an aspect to it, I'd uh, love to hear from you guys is we close this thing out with all this wisdom. Go for um, it. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty cool last year. One thing I didn't expect was, you know, going through the towns, how many people were just kind of out and about doing their own thing. And like, I would stop, they would ask what, like what I was doing. Cause I looked like a homeless person running through town. Um, and, uh, it was really cool to talk to them and tell them about the race. Sometimes they had heard of it. Sometimes they hadn't. I remember in Cottonwood, a few people stopped me, um, Jerome as well. And that was something I, you know, in other 200s I've done, they're so isolated and remote that you don't really see people that are not with the race. So it was really cool to have that experience with, you know, just people from Arizona going about their day-to-day -day lives while we traverse through their homes. Absolutely. Yeah, I would, um, I would just urge the runners just to uh, really, again, as, enjoy it as much as you can uh but also realize like there's a lot of you know you're out there and there's a lot of sleep deprivation for everybody um so when you're going out and seeing these volunteers at all the different towns and, and uh, the eight stations and everything make sure to be patient you know because they're just helping they're helping lots of other people and that's really kind of the beauty of this race is when everyone's on the same page there it's like there's delirium, there's, you know, like laughter, there's just so many great things just to, to remember. And like, I, I can harken back to at least three or four things off the top of my head that I really enjoyed during my, my uh, adventure. But, you know, just try, try to have the best possible day that you can always just remain positive. So everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's in it together. Yeah, it is a race about being together and me and Kev shared some miles early on and we just were laughing at how it wasn't even competitive or didn't feel competitive. And we were even near the back of the pack. And by the end we uh, finished pretty well. So I just encourage people to think of it as a long adventure and you know, the race will start once you know how your body feels after <laughs> 100, 150 miles, 200 miles. Cause 
even at that point, you still got 50 miles to go. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thank you guys for uh, joining on this uh, first edition of the Cocodona 250. Are there any closing words or anywhere people can reach out and ask you uh, to elaborate on this? Um, no, I mean, thanks for having us. This was fun. I'm stoked to go uh, give Cocodona another go here in four weeks. And uh, yeah, if anyone has any questions, first timers about the race, I'm, I'm happy to chat with anyone who'd like to reach out. Um, I'm not super active on Instagram, but you can find me at uh, Ultra Fly Kev. So ultra like ultra running, fly like fly fishing, Kev like Kevin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, make sure um, when you get to Eldon Aid Station, take the time, stop off Pete's Meats. And uh, <laughs> we, we have vegetarian options as well. But, you know, I, I, I the last couple of years, you know, I've seen runners come through and like they've been really at their wit's end. Like they're almost there, but you can tell they're tired and, you know, just take the time, eat some food. Like you're still got a couple hours to go <laughs> mostly downhill, but your legs are going to be shot. Just like get some good food in you. And just, and just by the time you get to the bottom of that hill, you're still start feeling great. So. Yeah. And once it's over, it's over. So you got to embrace right. that last couple hours. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks guys. Um,